1: Beautiful night. I could almost kiss the stars. Welcome back to the Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talk Star Radio Network and the Exxon Broadcast Network and our family of affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, X Zone Radio TV at Hotmail.com, and our website, www.xZone My guest this hour X Zone Nation is Peter Metzner, and Peter incorporates dream work in his highly acclaimed life leadership coaching and training programs. He works extensively with dreams, where he teaches psychology at Vance Granville Community College, leadership and innovation at Ellen. A university as well as Peace College in Raleigh, North Carolina. He has researched and studied dreams throughout the journey through Wholeness Triangle Jung Society, Robert Johnson, Barry Williams, Jer- Jeremy Taylor, John Ryan Hall, and others. He has written articles on leadership and dream work and has given keynote presentations as well as workshops on dreams to organizations such as the National Wellness Institute, Center for Creative Leadership. And the North Carolina Association of Business Coaches. He has also facilitated classes on dreams for the Institute for Life Coach Training. Now, prior to creating uh, Dynamic Change Inc., he served as Vice President of Client Relations and Program Development for the Leadership Trust, and was employed by the Center for Creative Leadership in Greensboro, North Carolina. More information on our guest this hour, Peter Metzer, at www.dynamicchangeinc. Dot com. And Peter, welcome to the X-Zone.
0: Well, thank you, Rob. I'm happy to be here.
1: Tell me, Peter, does everybody dream?
0: We all dream. Not everybody remembers their dreams, though.
1: Why, why is it that some people have no problems recalling their dreams and others just can't do it?
0: Well, um, a friend and a mentor of mine, Robert Johnson, said it like this. He said that dreams are like friends. They need to be welcomed. And uh, for the most part, In our, let's say, rational, left-brain Western society, what we typically don't understand, we dismiss or we become afraid of. Um, And hopefully, as a result of um, um, this piece that we're doing, that people will be a lot more comfortable not only in um, taking a look at their dreams, but actually welcome them so that they can actually um, tap into the the guidance and the wisdom that the unconscious uh, will actually bring us and is trying to bring us every day or every night.
1: What happens if we don't dream?
0: Well, here's the way I'd look at it. We do need to dream, and sometimes if we are sleep-deprived, well, a lot of bad things happen health-wise, accident-wise, as well as being able to function in the world. Um, What I would say, even if we don't remember our dreams, dreams are coming to promote healing and wholeness, and the way I would look at it is if you um, thought of the part of the brain that dreams come from, it's our right brain, so you could say dreams are pictures of our emotions. And uh, even though we may not be aware of our emotions, we may not allow ourselves to feel some of the um, pain, anxiety, or or anger that we experience day to day, uh, the dreams are helping process these emotions, and it's almost like the valve of a steam kettle in that um, just the very act of dreaming allows so much of this pressure to be um, put out, let's say, in a more productive or constructive way. And if we don't dream, um, then it could be very... Um, negative for our health, emotional health, psychological health, etc.
1: All right, Peter, stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exonation. Peter Metzner is our special guest. www.dynamicchangeinc.com. That's dynamicchangeinc.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break with Peter as we continue talking about dreams here in the X-Zone, live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network and the X-Zone Broadcast Network. Don't go away. Guest, www.dynamicchangeinc.com. Peter, where did your fascination of dreams come from?
0: Oh, that's a very good question. Um, let me put it this way. I was in a midlife crisis, mm-hmm. um, and that's probably an underestimation. And I think uh, the best way to describe that is a midlife crisis is you've um, climbed a ladder. And then you realized it's uh, up against the wrong wall. And so what tends to happen if we're not living in accordance with who we really are or living our life, um, we should be getting bad dreams or nightmares. And uh, what I found is that at that time of my life, um, I wasn't in the place career-wise that I really needed to be. And I had this dream that I was stuck in a desert and there's a chain link fence and a brick wall on one side and on the other side of a doorway, which is being guarded by a middle-aged guy. I wonder who that was. Mm -hmm. Um, I was stuck, and on the other side were these beautiful rolling hills and green pasture, and uh, I took that to an analyst, and um, I later realized that 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 dream was a metaphor of my life, that I was actually feeling stuck, and I became so fascinated by how that image was revealing so much about my current life that I started to do research, study, Uh, attend workshops and programs, and uh, um, before I knew it, I was being asked to do some lectures, dream circles, um, write about dreams, and uh, uh, I've even incorporated them into my coaching practice as well as um, most of the courses that I teach in psychology um, as well as leadership as well. And so uh, that one disturbing dream actually had an amazing influence on my life and also where I've taken my work since then.
1: What do our dreams tell us?
0: Well, here's what I would say. The number one thing to think Mm -hmm. about dreams is that every dream, and this is according to Jeremy Taylor, that every dream comes to promote healing and wholeness. So even the nightmares, even the scary dreams, that every dream is coming to make us aware of something in our waking life that we need to know but that we don't. And so there's nothing wasted in a dream.
1: So would that means something that we are not willing to face in our waking hours comes to us in a dream and and pounds on yeah, our subconscious power?
0: Well, I have um, a quote on my website that I think is um, very revealing. This was by a psychologist, Yoram Kaufman, who said that man's capacity for self-deception is truly monumental. <laughs> um, in my mind, that's an understatement. And this is why dreams are very valuable, because we can't cheat them um, they're independent of our consciousness, and because we can't fool our dreams, they give us something that we need to pay attention to but that we don't or oftentimes don't want to, and, uh, and thus we often have these recurring nightmares. And the nightmares simply our unconscious screaming at us to pay attention to something that we need to address but that we're reluctant to do that.
1: If people would want to recall their dreams or uh, better remember their dreams, what can they do, Peter?
0: Well, there's a couple of techniques that um, could be very useful. I guess the first thing that I would say is to be open to your Mm -hmm. dreams. And uh, um, um, one thing that I would say is that um, Jeremy Taylor even says dreams are like a bus. We get them regularly, like every 15, every 20 minutes. And if you miss the bus, that's okay. There's another one coming. So be open to them is number one. And the second thing that can help, and this is what the silver mind control folks have have, um, done as far as helping recall, is to have a little sip of water before you go to bed Mm -hmm. and uh, have a little notebook or scratch pad by the side of your bed and uh, just be open to whatever comes. And before you do anything, as you wake up in the morning, um, scribble, even if it's just a fragment, just scribble. Um, whatever you can remember or draw from that dream. And uh, what tends to happen is that even people who have never remembered dreams, when they do this, all of a sudden it moves from a fragment to more to more until you eventually get into some really um, very, very coherent um, stories in the dreams. And then once that starts happening, you can start seeing themes and how the dreams are actually um, giving an ongoing commentary of our waking life.
1: Do our dreams manipulate us or do we manipulate our
0: dreams? (laughs) That's a a very good question. Um, Here's what I would say. Carl Jung said this, that the images and ideas that dreams contain cannot be explained solely in terms of our memory. So they express new thoughts that have never reached the threshold of consciousness. So then the the question is, Mm -hmm. you know... Are we dreaming or is something coming through us? And um, the answer to both of those is yes. And uh, I think understanding this, we can also take a look at how dreams have actually shaped history um, and many of the scientific theories and discoveries that have taken place. Like, for instance, uh, Einstein's theory of relativity um, came when he was a teenager. He was um, dreaming. He was on a sled going down a hill, and as that sled went faster and faster and faster, it approached the speed of light, and later on in an interview, Einstein said his entire scientific career um, could be seen as an extended meditation of that dream.
1: Tell me, how do dreams promote healing and wholeness?
0: Okay, that's a very good um, question, and here's um, the way that I would say it, that dreams are going to tell us things that we do need to know, but that we are unaware of or want to allow us. And so part of becoming whole is to own all these parts of ourselves. And I think that um, from a psychological standpoint, um, what I've seen in many of the leadership programs and also many of the folks that work with me in a coaching um, kind of situation, there are regrets, there's pain, there's sometimes some um, self-loathing. And uh, what we tend to do often is those parts of ourselves that we don't accept, the scary, the immoral, the unsavory parts that we don't want to accept, we often repress. And uh, you could say that these even split off. Well, in our dreams and in dream work, this is a union concept that uh, dreams are going to also show us the shadows or the shadow part of ourselves. And to Mm -hmm. become whole um, means to accept us completely completely. I'll say it like this, that Marion Woodman said that to be psychologically free is to be confident in our own inner world, and that is responsible for our strengths and our weaknesses, consciously loving ourselves, and therefore we're able to love others. And so dreams guide us in that direction, however crooked that path may be. And so what, to me what she's saying is that, what dreams will do is help us own those parts of ourselves that we don't want to own, and that's how we become whole. And when we're able to, let's say, forgive, love, and accept those parts that we may not like, that's when we become whole or, as Robert Johnson said, holy. And uh, how does this affect our relationships? Well, when we have now accepted ourselves and when we're able to accept others, we're much better able to have healthier more collaborative and productive relationships, and this is actually a very freeing aspect that allows us to go towards higher level types of endeavors that are more purposeful and meaningful.
1: It's been my experience that a relationship is a two-way street. What about what if the other person in the relationship doesn't have the same philosophy as you do, and nor, nor do they accept the dreams the same way that you do?
0: Right. Um, I think there's two parts to that question. And uh, let me answer the other part with dreams. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever we do dream work in a group or individually, dreams are revealing a very deep part of ourselves. And so I would um, caution anybody not to share a dream that they've had with somebody who doesn't um, appreciate the dream or, or trust. I, I think we've all revealed things to people that we wish we didn't. So yes. um, when we do work with our dreams, I think it is very important that there's a very trusting, um, accepting and healthy relationships. So that's the other part. And uh, the way that I would look at the first part of your question is, is, as we interact with various people of different cultures, different religions, different personality types, different values, um, the part of it is, you know, we can only be responsible in a sense for ourselves. That self-acceptance. And uh, what I find is that when people are less judgmental and more tolerant, more accepting. Um, then all of a sudden that energy or that type of um, being um, does affect the other person. So in other words, we affect people that we come into contact with um, consciously or unconsciously. And the key is um, to be mindful that even if we aren't saying a word, our very being, our very presence is having an impact on people around us. And so thus, a person who is doing the work and is on the process of his self-awareness, self-mastery, and uh, let's say enhanced personal skill, mm-hmm. uh, they do affect people around them in a very conscious, in a very credible way.
1: Are you finding that more and more people are turning to dreams for answers?
0: I think throughout history, this has happened. Um, songs like um, Paul McCartney's Yesterday, mm-hmm. um, Robert Louis Stevens, um, Dr. Jekyll and uh, Mr. Hyde, um, Satisfaction, Keith Richard. Satisfaction. These all came from dreams, and what I find is that um, many artists, musicians, writers, very cr- many creative people, even if they don't fully understand what their dreams are saying, are very connected uh, to the dream life. So I do see that there is a greater openness um, to um, dream work, and uh, I feel like that's part of my role, part of my purpose, is to help. Um, you know give the, um, I guess, um, awareness or help build the awareness that we sleep a third of our lives, and it's not just that we're in bed and resting, but there's something very important going on, and that if we just were in tune and did nothing more but recognized and uh, developed an emotional connection to our dreams, that uh, there would be tremendous amount of creativity, psychological growth, and healing that takes place very naturally.
1: How does the body heal using dreams? Are we talking about physical healing or are we talking about mental and emotional healing?
0: I would say all three. Mm -hmm. Um, And so let me give you one example um, to see how this works on all of those three levels. And uh, um, I think one important concept with dream work is that dreams speak in multiple levels at the the same time. So they're going to speak about our ego Mm -hmm. Um, But they'll also um, give messages from our unconscious. And then what the Jungians say or depth psychologists would say another level is our psyche, our self or our soul. And then there's of course that concept um, called the collective unconscious. So in other words that we're also connected to each other on this vast internet, I-N-N-E-R internet. And so dreams are actually um, giving us messages on all these different levels all at the same time. Now. I'd like to share an example of someone I've worked with quite a while. All right, what we're
1: going to do, Peter, is we're going to take a commercial break with the news. And when we come back, I'd love to hear that uh, story that uh, you're going to be telling us about somebody that you work with. Peter Metzner is our special guest. www.dynamicchangeinc.com. That's www.dynamicchangeinc.com. We'll be back after the news here in the Exxon on Talkstar and the Exxon Broadcast Network.
0: Hi, I'm Laura Fabron of Feast to Fields Organic Vineyards in Jordan, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, my name
1: is Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara. This Memorial Day, get more for your money. At Meyer, grilled tasty burgers with 80% lean ground beef at $1.99 per pound, and Kingsford Twin Pack Original Charcoal for $17.99. Coca-Cola products are buy five, save $5, plus deposit where applicable. And shop the same low in-store prices using home delivery or pickup. Exclusions apply. Plus, Meyer credit card holders get 10 cents off per gallon at Meyer gas stations. Meyer credit card offers subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions apply. Details at Meyer.com slash credit card. See the deals in the Meyer app. Edgar on the Lake, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal talk radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Mr. Metzner is our special guest, www.dynamicchangeinc.com, and we're talking about dreams at this hour in the EXO. Now, Peter, before we went to the commercial break, you were going to tell us a story about somebody that you work with.
0: Okay, um, here is um, one example. I, I had a number of uh, semesters ago a student in one of my introductory psychology classes, and uh, she would come in on a Tuesday morning and be hungover or so tired and just put her head on the table and sleep, and I mm. would think to myself, she's not going to make it through this semester. And uh, we got when we got to the section on uh, dreams and the unconscious mind, uh, we did an introductory um work with dreams and then they all got trained in group work with dreams. And she all of a sudden became very engaged. And uh, her dream was this. She had a dream that she was in her boyfriend's car in the back seat and she had to move a lot of liquor bottles and beer cans. And it it was just so full of, um, of alcohol and booze that she had to almost squeeze herself in. And uh, he's driving the car and it's swerving, going various directions. End of dream. Now, It doesn't take an expert on dreams to say that she's not in control of her life. She's not in the driver's seat, so to speak. And there's something that is in this dream that shouldn't be there, namely all the alcohol. Well, after the class, she teared up and she asked me, is this dream telling me I'm going to die? And um, going back to that concept that dreams are trying to heal us, my comment was, you know, I think the dream is trying to tell you something that – You're not in control, and that if you stay on this course, something really bad can happen. And that's all I said, and that was enough. That was the life raft where very shortly after she started going to rehab, getting a handle on her addiction or her alcoholism, and then uh, she got her boyfriend to also commit to doing his work through rehab. And the um, end story is is that um, not only did she pass the class, she got into a very um, good program that um, allowed her to not only get a good job, but um, she and her husband both did their work. And I won't say happily ever after, but the dream was a pivotal point in her actually taking responsibility uh, for what was going on in her life.
1: Now, I know there are nightmares, and then there are reoccurring nightmares. What's the difference?
0: Well, here's what happens with the reoccurring nightmare. And uh, I got this from Paula Reeves, another Jungian analyst, and that she said that the recurring nightmares, again, the unconscious screaming at us to pay Mm -hmm. attention to something in our waking life. And what happens if we don't get the message and understand it, we're going to keep getting it over and over and over again. So what she writes and what i found in my own work is that when we do understand what the message of the stream is we'll never have that nightmare again which is pretty remarkable and i have another example to share with you worked with a woman who had a recurring nightmare that her husband was in a casket with a glass coffin and dead even though in waking life they were married Mm -hmm. and uh, every night she had this dream every week she had this dream almost every night or every other night And uh, at first she thought, oh, my gosh, is my husband going to die? And then she started to realize that the dream wasn't um, literal dreams are metaphors. And this was a metaphor that the relationship was dead. When she got that, she never had that dream again.
1: So the dreams can also help us to analyze our life situations and give us the answers that we're seeking in a very roundabout way.
0: Right. Sometimes a very dramatic way. Um, another example, um, another woman I worked with, um, she was having some marital, marital difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, think about this. Um, she is in this dream. Instead of a bearskin rug, she, um, instead of a hat on the bear, there she is. She is the rug. Her husband comes in and opens the door and then walks over the rug, goes to the kitchen and pulls out a beer. End of dream. So again, Um, As we've talked, she was feeling like a doormat. She's feeling constantly walked over. And uh, that was a metaphor of her relationship and her marriage. So um, very often we want to take things literally and we say, what a crazy dream. But the dreams are coming to tell us something that we have to know. And since we dream um, primarily – dreams from a right brain, which has to do with creativity, intuition, emotion, spirituality, Um, our dreams are coming in in pictures. And so we have to look at them as the language of the artist, the language of the poet, and then ask the question, so what what feeling did I get from this? How is this dream um, in some ways a metaphor of what's going on in my life? And when we ask these questions, and if we did nothing else but connect emotionally to um, what we felt in that dream, it can be very revealing about... Areas of our life that maybe we are reluctant to address because personal growth is painful, and uh, very often we avoid the necessary pain that we need to actually grow and become, let's say, more mature, responsible, spiritual, etc.
1: Is there a precognitive aspect to dreams?
0: Yes, there certainly is. And uh, whenever I have done a, a, a program, a lecture, a workshop, um, I, I hear of these types of things, the precognition. And I could Mm -hmm. say, too, that I've um, experienced it as well. Um, Let me give you one um, example of a dream that um, may – you'll have to decide whether or not it's precognitive. Um, I was working with a fellow. He um, had a recurring dream of being in a sports car, driving Mm -hmm. too fast, flipping over the railing, bumping into other people. And if you think about this as a metaphor, driving, driving too fast, driving too hard, you know, bumps in the road, relationships. Well, we um, worked with that, those series of dreams for a while, and then we stopped working. And then it turns out I get a message from a friend that he was in the emergency room with chest pains. And so there we go. Um, You know, was it precognitive? Was a dream warning us? Or was a dream saying, if you keep going in this way, this is going to happen? Now, I've also heard of um, dreams where um, this is a a daughter and a father where she had a dream about um, sitting at the kitchen table with her dad. She's in the East Coast. He's in the West Coast. And then she calls him up and said, Dad, I had a dream about you. And he had the same dream and could even recount the conversation and the interactions and uh, was able to tell her um, some of the facets of her dream that she had actually had as well. And so how could that be? Well, you know, uh, many an analysts will say that on a soul level, we're all connected. Um, I asked um, Robert Johnson in a workshop, he said, now how can it be that people get these precognitive types of experiences? And his answer was simply this, is that the unconscious mind doesn't play by the same rules that our conscious mind plays by. In a very similar way that physics... You know, the Newtonian physics mm-hmm. is also um, not going to have the same types of rules as quantum physics when we start looking at the atom or subatomic particles, that there seems to be a different rule book when you get into um, reality at such a, such an infinitesimally uh, small level.
1: But isn't it also possible that we create our dreams based on our wants, our desires, our aspirations, and that not all okay. dreams depict the past or the immediate future but are just a play just a play yard for our for our disembodied spirit
0: um certainly i, I think that there are those levels too i've had a um a student tell me about a dream uh, mm-hmm. of like a sexual fantasy my comment is well that's the safest sex you'll ever have um the, the point is, yes, our dreams are going to reflect our desires. They're going to reflect our fantasies. And then they may also compensate for what we don't have in our life. And so, for instance, if somebody, you know, who is somewhat frustrated or in a mundane job and then has a dream that they're an actor or an actress, well, that dream could be saying two things, that, you know, there's a wish, but it could also be revealing that, you know, there's something inside of you. You have that, you know, the, the things that we admire in other people, we also have as well. So I would say on one level that can be very true, and this is uh, what Freud would often say, that our dreams could often indeed reflect our repressed wishes or repressed fantasies and um, and allow ourselves to come up, to, for this to come out. And uh, so I think on one level, I think that's that's very true.
1: So why is it then some people discard their dreams or, or are even afraid of their dreams?
0: Well, I think this is the... Uh, The the way it is with most things that what we readily don't understand, we dismiss, Mm -hmm. or we become afraid of. And uh, throughout history and every major wisdom, tradition, or religion, dreams have played a role in the sacred texts. And uh, I think that in our illusion that we are in control, or if we solely rely on our left brain, logic, linear type of thinking – um, that dreams can be certainly very threatening because they're out of our control. Um, physiologically what happens when we sleep, mm-hmm. uh, the frontal lobe of our area, the, if you were to tap your forehead, that part of the brain, the frontal lobe um, is actually shutting down when we're asleep. So this is the policeman. This is the impulse control. This is the kind of thoughts about who we are, what we should believe, what we should think. And so when we go to sleep, the policeman is also asleep. And then um a lot of the later brain imaging types of um, um, equipment shows that the right brain of the um, uh, the right brain is actually flooded with blood, and so that the emotional, the creative, the inspirational, intuitive, and you might even say the spiritual part mm-hmm. of our brain is activated, while this part of our brain that has to do with impulse control and and um, performing in this world that we live in is asleep, so therefore dreams are beyond our conscious control.
1: Is it possible for us to participate in our dream life?
0: Yes, and the term for that is active imagination, and Carl Jung um, believed that that was very, very important, that we can actually heal and promote our healing um, by actively engaging with our dreams so that we can actually um, work with our dreams so that we can now actually help facilitate and play a role in them, providing the healing, the wholeness, or the answers to some of the difficulties that we can face. And uh, if we have time, I have another quick um, dream to share sure. with you that um, that uh, Robert Johnson shared with us in a group, and uh, he had actually worked with Carl Jung and uh, Carl Jung did something he characteristically didn't do, is he told Robert Johnson, this is what you need to do with this dream. And uh, in Robert Johnson's recurring nightmare, he was being chased by a snake, and and every dream the snake seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, Carl Jung said, you need to stop running from that snake, and you need to face that snake. And in the last dream that he had with that snake, the snake came to swallow him up, and so Robert Johnson remembered what Carl Jung had said, Mm -hmm. and in his dream, He turned around and he faced that snake and then when he faced it that snake became the size of a house and its jaws came to eat him up but he stood his ground and just as that snake was about to swallow him it turned into a buddha
1: and And what
0: do you from there
1: what do you make of that dream in your uh, how would you interpret that dream
0: Well, if you look at um, snakes throughout history, there's Uh the symbolism is that snakes have a tremendous amount of transformational power. If you look at the medical staff, you have the two snakes, um, and and, um, just about every um, culture, snakes have quite a bit of emotional charge, and and the kundalini, the the snake going through the chakras. And so what um, he did, and and this is um, the way he looked at it and the way that I would see it too, is that when he stopped running from – his power, his strength, this this amazing force that was coursing through him. And when he stopped and faced it and uh, integrated with it, then that allowed him to move forward. And since then, he had become a, a leading analyst, written numerous books, lectured internationally, too. And that was the point where so much of his life started happening. And so um, and then again, and through so much of his work, mm-hmm. you know, dreams have played an integral part of um of um, raising consciousness and actually claiming our lives and, and, and doing our work for healing.
1: Why is it some people dream in color, others dream in black and white?
0: Now that is a that is a very good question, uh, and there's also some other nuances. I have a friend, and he just dreams in a printed word, and he says, "Boy, I envy people who can even dream in dream in images." And I asked him, so, well, what do you do with it? And he says, well, what he does is he writes down his dreams, and um, he's actually a physician, and on one of his dreams, it gave him the ideas to actually get a major um, NIH grant. And so I said, well, you know, what's happening to you doesn't sound too bad to me. Um, I, The way that I would look at it is that we are all going to dream in ways that – we uniquely need to. Um, we're, we all have different personalities. We all have different learning styles. Some of us are more visual. Some mm-hmm. of us are more auditory. Some of us are more kind of kin- kinesthetic. And and I think, too, in our dream life that, that you're going to see nuances of, um, of uh, the types of dreams and, and how people do um, relate to them. Um, Edgar Casey used to say, the engineer will dream what he needs to dream, the doctor what he or she needs mm-hmm. to dream. And um, And I've even had psychologists who, their dreams, reflected some of the insights that they needed to start working with their clients or their patients, too.
1: All right, Peter, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation. Peter Metzner is our special guest. www.dynamicchangeinc.com. That's www.dynamicchangeinc.com dynamic Inc. Dot com. and peter and i will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the exome continues we're right here live and around the world from our studios in hamilton ontario canada once again one 800 610 is toll free and we will be back whatever you do don't go away 1-800-610-7035 is our toll-free number worldwide. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Peter, um, do we need an expert to work with our dreams?
0: Ah, thank you for that question. Here's what I would say, that dreams are too important to be left to the experts, uh-huh. <laughs> just like music. Um, I have a, a sense and a belief and a conviction that we all need to be connected to our dream life, and I think a lot of people have associated dream work to be solely um, confined to the um, domain of the psychologist, to the psychotherapist, and and they can be extremely helpful you know, when, when working with a trained person. Um, um, let's say a psychologist, but however, we all need dream life. And Mm -hmm. uh, whether you're an artist or an engineer or simply on your own journey towards greater self-awareness, um, the very act, even if you don't understand your dreams our dreams are coming for one main purpose. And that's to help us become whole and to do our healing. And, uh, uh, they will comment on our lives in, in, in very significant ways, so I would say that um, each of us, and Jeremy Taylor says this, that the person who is the expert on dreams is you, that you're the expert, and that the only true way of understanding uh, or, or really knowing whether or not you got the message of that dream is you get that tingle, that aha, that, that chill in your spine Say, that says this is it. Now, if somebody were to tell me a dream, Mm -hmm. I might be able to help them with it, but I could also uh, be giving my own projections or or projecting out a part of me or my stuff onto that dream. So I think it's very wise to look at dreams in a a, a very, very, um, um, let's say, reverent way in a sense that. To look at dreams as bigger than any theory and to also look at them very inquisitively and to connect with them on an emotional level and then to start playing around with, well, what is this dream saying? How is this a metaphor? And it's very helpful to have a dream circle where people said nothing else, but, you know, if this were my dream, this is what comes up for me, it would be amazing the amount of insight that that can come up with a group of people who have never had any training whatsoever in dreams.
1: Peter, uh, one quick question before we have to say so long. Dream books that you can buy in in any bookstore that basically take you down the path of interpreting the meanings of your dreams. Are these books any good?
0: Well, it depends on who the author is. Um, I I would say that um, the, some of these um, books that do say, uh, from an archetypal sense, if you're dreaming of teeth falling out, mm-hmm. could it be that there's a fear of you're losing your power you're getting old or losing your edge well sometimes they can be very helpful but again i would take them with a grain of salt and sometimes these books can be very helpful um i have a a whole series of books that i've um, read worked through studied and researched and uh, i think that it is very important to take um, a look i tend to favor the Jungian or depth psychology approach and so I, i certainly quote robert johnson he wrote a brilliant book um inner work using dreams and active imagination for personal growth peter we have to too. say so
1: long for today i want to thank you so much for joining us Exonation nation peter metzner, metzner is our special guest this hour www.dynamicchangeinc.com that's www.dynamicchangeinc.com i'll be back on the other side of the commercial break at six and a half minutes past go away